0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Lehi's Tent. Uh, this is A. And hey, my name's D. And we're really excited to talk to you guys about Alma 36-38 this week. Uh, we had a really good time studying it and listening to the words that Alma had for his sons. So thinking about some of the things that Alma was trying to teach his sons. Um, Some of the things that stood out to us were just the ideas of having a change of heart as you learn more about the gospel and what it means to become a disciple of Christ and what that journey can look like.
1: And Alma, during these chapters, he's basically talking to Helaman in chapter 36 and 37, and he's also talking to his son, Shiblon, in chapter 38. He basically shares his testimony about his conversion experience that he had and teaches them about the principles that he learned along the way. And these chapters are, I think they're one of the best chapters in the Book of Mormon because it shows the experience that he had and and his, his change of heart.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. These are some pretty special chapters. I know that one of my favorite parts is definitely when we get to hear Alma's side of His conversion when he had the vision of the angel that came to him and he falls to the earth for three days and for three nights. And previously, we only really get a description of that from the outside, but now we get to hear, in Alma's own words, what that experience was like for him and what exactly he went through.
1: And I really like how Alma, when he's talking to Helaman, if you think about it, Helaman is pretty young. And Alma, we know him as Alma the Younger. Well, not young anymore, but at the time that he had his experience, he was young. And so he's kind of telling Helaman, hey, you know, I know you're young. And just trust me when I say that anybody who puts their trust in God shall be supporting their trials. It It could be said in other words, you know, just trust God. He'll direct you in the way that you should go. And in his experience, he... He talks about how he felt eternal torment and he describes his soul was harrowed up and he goes through all these pains and afflictions while he's basically out for three days and three nights. And, you know, I kind of thought it was symbolic that the scripture says, and now for three days and three nights, I was racked even with the pains of a damned soul. And it just made me think about how this is kind of, of I guess a little bit symbolic of the savior they kind of rose after three days. I don't know to me I just see like a like a little connection. Um because I've had experiences in my life where something happens to me and that something reminds me about something that the savior did. And I can imagine Alma, you know, him in his experience he remembers that he was out three days and three nights. And I guess he might have or could have thought about how the Savior atoned for us. And on the third day, he was resurrected. And he, he conquered death, uh, spiritual death, and also physical death. And because of that, he was able to receive a remission of his sins.
0: That take on these scriptures really makes sense to me because the Savior is at the center of everything that Alma's teaching his sons in these chapters. And it also calls to verse 21 in chapter 36 when he says that there could be nothing so exquisite and so bitter as were my pains. Yea, and again I say unto you, my son, that on the other hand, there can be nothing so exquisite and sweet as was my joy. Because he's trying to explain to them that All the suffering that he's gone through in his life and in that moment, I would say, with the angel, all the pain that he went through, was nothing compared to the joy that he experiences in the gospel and in his faith in the Savior and everything that he's been given in return.
1: And he does say in, in verse 23, But behold, my limbs did receive their strength again, and I stood upon my feet. And then manifest unto the people that I had been born of God. And that last couple words, born of God, um, in my notes here I did I did write. What did it take, Alma, to be born of God? And you know, in this these couple of verses I mean he went through a lot he went through a lot of pains a lot of feelings of guilt feelings of fear for what he had done but because of the savior and because of his atonement he himself says that his experience was bitter but also it was so sweet because of the joy he had when he was repented and when he received the remission of his sins
0: yeah and I think there's something really special and something that we can take away from Alma in this chapter too because right after that he tells his sons that since that moment since his conversion and being born of God, he's labored without stopping to bring that same joy that he has now to others and to his sons so that they can continue and bring it to even more.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And being born again, I was just thinking about those words, born again, born again. What does that mean? What What does it mean that I... Was born from my mother and father. Why do they use that in the scriptures? Being born of God, and if you think about it, when you when you're born and you start growing up, you inherit things from your mom and your dad. Almost everything that you know really comes from them, the experiences that you have. And sometimes you you know you want to be like your dad, you want to be like your mom. And being born of God, I guess I just thought that when you are born of God, you want to be like Heavenly Father. And you recognize that you are his son or his daughter and that he loves you and that he wants you to be the best and he wants you to have a happy life. And through following his son, Jesus Christ, we can't have that
0: we can have that and we're given a lot of tools to help us on that path as well one of the things that Alma talks about when he's talking to his son Shivlin and you know he's not been as faithful per se as Helaman has been he's struggled and he's done things that you know maybe he shouldn't have done and Alma tells him like that's okay you don't need to be perfect I'm not asking for perfection and neither is Heavenly Father but you have the opportunity to correct a little bit and to continue to endure everything that you go through and you know you have me you have christ you have heavenly father and you have the tools that you've been given in the
1: word and the scriptures yeah i agree with you and you know being born is i mean you're just kind of say in in a sense you're kind of like a baby to the gospel you know remember the the time when you were baptized remember the time when you maybe i don't know maybe joined the beehive class or time you were a priest, you start learning all the gospel principles. Being born again, I think it does happen at a certain point, but you got to keep going and going and learning and growing until you become more and more and more like your heavenly father in Jesus Christ. So it is a beginning, I think, of a process in the gospel and in your spiritual journey. And Shiblon and Helaman, they're, I'm not saying they're starting this journey, but Alma is kind of sharing his testimony with them of the things that he's learned, the things that have made him be able to receive a remission of his sins and to become one of the greatest prophets that the the Book of Mormon has, has had. And one of the principles of the gospel, I guess one of the resources that we have that can help us in this journey are... The scriptures, the word of God. And Alma in chapter 37, he talks about the Liahona, that Baal, director that helped out Lehi's family journey through the wilderness and that it worked according to their faith.
0: And he brings up the liahona at this time to liken it to the word of Christ that his sons have as a guide and that we have today that can be a guiding light for us as we try to endure to the end and just get through everything that we have in our daily lives that can distract us or take us away from our end goals. Um, One of my favorite scriptures in pretty much the entire Book of Mormon is in chapter 37 in verse 46 when he says that the way is prepared and if we look that we may live forever because it's laid out before us we have so much that we can look to for guidance and for help and it's hard sometimes to overcome our own personal stuff that prevents us from looking at it or from understanding what we're being told, whether that's from the scriptures or the Holy Ghost or from the prophet. And if we would just take the time to look more closely and thoughtfully consider things, then we would be able to maybe see what the
1: right path to choose is. I really like that, A, because if you remember in the story of the, in the beginning of uh, Lehi's family, the Lihona didn't really work for them if, if they didn't have faith right? If they didn't believe. And we know that faith without works is dead. And so we really have to put into practice what we're learning and have that, that willingness to, to act on our faith. And I, I just feel like he brings this up to and because it's going to be something that's going to be really important for him to pay attention to. It's his liahona in a way, right? What's in him. And I just like to ask a question, what, What is your Liahona? What has been something that has guided you through your, I guess, through your spiritual journey? Or what has guided you since becoming a member of the church?
0: Yeah, we'd like to invite you all to really think about that question and think about what your own personal Liahona has been and continues to be. And write that down. Write it down. Write your testimony and keep it in your scriptures so that you can look back on it.
1: We're so thankful to anybody that might be listening to the podcast and just want to say that we're happy that we're doing this. This is now our second episode, I guess. And we're really happy and we want to continue doing this. And um, we're so thankful for, for everything. And I guess we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace. Bye, y'all.